Welcome to Proactive, the podcast where we dive deep into the realms of productivity. This is not just a podcast about being more productive in business or doing more or achieving more. Our hosts, Dr. Tina, Richie, and Arthur, and our guests each week provide you with tips, strategies, and insights to help you supercharge your best life. Proactive is about being productive mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So if you are ready to produce your best life, if you want to balance being with doing, please hit the subscribe button, get proactive. And now for today, let's welcome our two guests. We got a double header today. We got Chelsea Leader Gold and Tammy Leader, both of who work for Camp Powerment, the founders, the CEO, the new CEO, the old CEO, the founder and directors of Camp Powerment, a weekend self-empowerment play shop for women. Um, and they do team building for corporations. They have branched out and they are, I would say masters at producing their best life, redirecting their lives, changing things when it's not going exactly according to plan or changing the plans. And so we're here to talk to them both about how they produce their business, their life, um, how they go through the trials and tribulations and ups and downs, because those of us who know, know that life is never smooth sailing without waves, and they've had some waves. So let's welcome Tammy and Chelsea. You know, I adore you guys. So I'm going to start question one with Tammy, who started Camp Empowerment and who completely pivoted her life um, to produce a very different kind of production. Tammy was a producer and then she produced a camp. So Tammy, tell me what got you from A to B? What helped you make decision to pivot in your life? How did you find out you wanted to pivot in your life? And then how did you have the strength to make the changes? I, I think we're all producers and I think we all grow up and create and produce whatever it is that we think we're supposed to be doing. I was a summer camp junkie as a kid. I loved going to summer camp. It was my happy place. And I think because I was a really good camper and a summer counselor, and I felt part of a community and something bigger than I was and that I belonged, I became a really good television news producer. And that's what I did. I was a gatherer and a collector of really interesting stories and people and put them on TV. And I spent 30 something years in television news and uh, always had this idea that we need more camp. Why is camp just for children and not grownups? And so I morphed the idea of turning uh, ha my happy place into a place where people could come. We started with women. We are now branched out into the corporate and custom space because what I have learned and what we have learned is that when we create outrageous experience where people can connect and find belonging and connect with their gifts, they can do anything. And so I pivoted 11 years ago and found this beautiful camp in Malibu and just took a leap of faith and went for it. And we created Camp Powerment. Oprah wrote about us, blew it up. And 11 years later, my daughter, Chelsea, is our new CEO. Not so new. She's been doing this for four years. And we've been through ups and downs, but we have created something that is really, really meaningful for people because when people feel charged, they can serve the greatest needs of our time. And Lord knows we need each other to help propel the world forward. 
So true. So true. What do you think were your unique tools that you leaned on to help you pivot? I think sometimes you just have to not even know what's ahead of you in order to take that leap of faith. And I think if I knew, I think so many people say that if I knew what I was really doing, I'm not so sure I would have done it. I'm so glad I didn't know what it took, but taking a dream and taking an idea and turning it into reality, you don't do it by yourself. I started this with my mom. Uh, who was a college professor and with Chelsea, you know, with it was a family business that we took a crazy idea and went for it, took our leap. And if you build it and it really helps people connect and feel a sense of belonging, they will come. And many, many, many camps later, we have found that we have built a community of really strong, uh, incredible people who are looking to push the world forward one minute at a time and take their best gifts and share and paying it forward is what we all need to do in this world today. Um, we had always joked pre-camp empowerment. She's always been my mom, but we, that she is the balloon and I'm the string. And I think my grandma who founded camp empowerment alongside my mom, when I was launching my career, um, in not camp empowerment, uh, they were the balloon together. <laughs> and I think her superpower and it was shared with my grandy is exactly what she just described. It's blind faith and the tools that she used to make the pivot are not the tools that ultimately grew the business, but we would never have our business without her motivation to pursue a passion in like an absolutely illogical, but completely heartfelt way. Mm-hmm. And then it was met with logic at the time that it required logic to sustain. So I think that's something that Tammy has that always inspires me professionally is that even when I can put aside that she's my mom and sometimes it drives me crazy that she's like, we're going to do this thing and it makes no sense. I'm like, do we have insurance? And I think her (laughs) superpower, I'm like, give me a day, we'll get some. Um, But I think her superpower is very different from mine, but mine would never, which mine is very like operations oriented. It's like very thorough planning and like thought around the details. I live in the details. She lives in the clouds in such an amazing way. Um, because she can see things from 30,000 feet, which comes from or fed her career in TV production. She knows what she's producing. The rest will happen, but the rest doesn't just happen. She surrounds herself with amazing people and she has a really amazing dream that's easy to get behind when you care about it. So I'm slightly, I'm jumping onto her answer because she's not giving herself credit in that way. Like her superpower is dreaming big and having faith that it will work out as well as surrounding herself with people who believe in her dream. Mm -hmm. Well, I think, I thank you because I think those are really important tools for people to understand that you can't live, you can't live a life without the dream, right? Like you otherwise end up just living day to day. And unless you dream it, you can't manifest it, right? You have to at least have the dream to start with. You can live the life, but you can't live the dream life for sure. Correct. You're not living your dream. You're living a life, but you're not living. So to, you have to be able to dream and then to have the trust that you can trust yourself, that your dream is, that it's okay to have that dream and to try for that dream. Right. And so I want to flip it, Chelsea, because you, I, the question I have is like, 
All right, how many people grow up and want to be in the family business, right? There's the, do I want to be in the family business? Do I not want to be in the family business? I'm not and, sure I would even identify as one of the people who would have said I wanted to be in the family no, business. No, that's exactly what I'm saying, right? So how did you, you came in and it was like, all right, mom, I'll do this. And you then, it took some time for you to take over and say, no, I do want to do this as the CEO and run it and have it be not my mom's thing, but also my thing, right? So that took your own power of, as a young person starting out, we often want to individuate and be different from our parents. We don't want to do what they're doing. Right. And you you ended up saying, wait, I will be part of this. So how did you do that? Yeah, there are so many sub stories to this story, but I was 24 when we founded Campowerment and I was really just getting my footing in my career as a brand strategist. So I had just moved to New York the same time that we founded Campowerment, which at first was in California. Um, So I definitely was connected to it. I think as soon as we started talking about it as my mom's idea, it became something that we were really excited about. And for context, I also she kind of made me, but I loved summer camp. I met my husband at summer camp. There's definitely an attachment to the format there, but I think um, our paths really aligned because at, from as soon as I started thinking about what I wanted, my professional dream, it was like creating stories, like impact oriented stories around communities that matter. And so when I started my career, I was doing storytelling and content for social impact brands. And while this is slightly different from what I had in mind, it really does fit the bill. And so the the true answer of what inspired the final, like I'm giving my notice and I'm also making this pivot, is that I was taking stock of my life and my dream and what it was looking like day to day was I'm in meetings about meetings with clients and maybe 30% of our best, my team's best ideas that I'm tasked with shaping will come to life and maybe they'll come to life in a year. And I was working with big clients that have big budgets and long timelines. So I was working with NBC and Procter and Gamble and I liked the work and I loved the team, but I loved Campowerment's work and the team were was the people that I trusted the most. And so the pivot really like lent it, you know, kind of handed itself to me because it was like, I'm shaping stories for brands that may never use them or we can just come up with this. It's moving so quickly. And I know that I can plug my skills in, like what their skills are is totally, are totally different than what I can offer here. And it seems like the missing piece might be what I'm currently doing. Let's go. But Campowerment wasn't paying anyone's bills, including its own at that time. So it was not like this happened and the pivot was so smooth. There are lots of sub stories. There's family boundaries we had to draw. It was really fun and it was really difficult. And at the end of the day, we were creating something that mattered to all of us. So that's sort of how it came into place. And then the CEO piece isn't as critical to me. I was always doing the stuff behind the scenes. I think um, we had a business interruption, which was a fire at the our favorite and most frequent venue. And our business's belongings were all there. And we were preparing for a retreat. So it was a major business interruption. Call it that. There was like, it was also a huge (laughs) personal trauma, but uh, for many people. Um, And we were really lucky. Everybody was safe. 
our community was safe, we were safe, our business was okay, our community stepped up and helped support our efforts in moving forward, but we didn't know what forward looked like. And at you know, as I said, Tammy's superpower is blind faith. I don't know that she had that in that moment. Her dream burned to the ground. So um literally. Like, literally. literally. And it was like literally. the only time I've ever seen her falter in that way. And I don't, that's not my superpower. So um I think it was like a survival mode. I think we can all relate to this. Like it's like when you hear that like adrenaline drives an 80-year-old woman to lift a car above her head. It's like one of those <laughs> where it was like, if we want this, like, do we, can we do this was not the first question. Cause it would have been like, not sure. It was like, do we want this enough that we will try to figure it out? Which brought us back to where she's most comfortable playing blind faith. Well, we definitely want this enough. Let's try. It seems like the people who've been impacted this also want this. Okay. And then we kind of swapped where, I think 2018, when that happened, was the first time it wasn't me operationally supporting my mom's dream. It was like, oh my gosh, I can't let this go. Like this, is, and I had a lot. I mean, I was not 30. You know, I could I could have gone back to advertising. It was like, oh, okay, I'm ready to admit, like I'm not being a martyr and helping my mom here. Like this is our business. So that's kind of how that happened. Cool. So. Our show is about, and maybe Tina told you this since you know her for a year, and she's a camper, right? Uh, so our show is about helping people be more productive and live their best life. So how much of what you just, just described at, and, and beyond that was a plan or you started with a kernel of a plan and then you had a shift? Certainly the fire was a tragedy and a cataclysmic event. But tell us about that and how our, our listeners can really dive in and, and get their own plan together and live the life they want to lead. Okay. Well, so when the fire happened in 2018, Chelsea was really, the, as I said, the as she said, the operational side, but she had a much better take on running a business. I was the creative producer. And as she said, the balloon and the string thing was, was real. But when we got hit with this and we didn't know which way to go and should we pick up and, and move forward, uh, Chelsea really was the more productive one and was really looking at it, the business from, from 30,000 feet at that point and saying, okay, if we're going to do this, we have to figure out productively how we can make this work, how we can survive it and how, how the business can survive it and what, what our next steps are. So that's when Chelsea and I had a real heart to heart and she had ideas that I hadn't thought of. And, you know, for any of us who have children in their 30s, she's an upgrade from me mentally, <laughs> physically, psychologically. And, sh and she really understood things about how to get this going and how to cut down what we were doing expense wise. And just the whole structure of the business was different at this point. And Chelsea really showed me with through her ideas and through her grit and tenacity and hard work, especially when I was kind of sitting back going, should we, should we? Chelsea was the productive one who said, we're going to do this and we're going to take the step forward and we're going to do the best we can and make this work. And I handed her the keys to the kingdom at that point, pretty much from a wow. business point. And that's when things completely shifted in the business. I think it was all a plan. How much of it looks like the plan that ultimately came to fruition? Not a large percent. It was like constant revisitation, and like iterative beta. We're in ah. year we're in year eleven of business, and I remember reading an article 
I think in Fast Company on the way to camp, I think in our first year, maybe in our second about like a tech company culture tip of like, consider that you're never out of beta. And so I would say that's the main takeaway <laughs> in life and work is like iterative beta. I don't know, like I definitely have documentation of what our plan was, but by the time it was executed, it almost didn't really matter. And I think any good strategy is like be dynamic and um, make sure that you structure your time and decision-making and attachment style to revisitation. Um, and that's worked best for us. I think that's so awesome. I guess whatever, I, I have an expression which I did not invent. I may have co-opted it, but it takes a village, right? So you have a team, you, you're together, and it, it sounds like you're very complimentary. You have different skills, but you're able to communicate. Maybe you have healthy tension. Maybe you don't. Maybe you want to elaborate or not. But uh, we've seen, and, and uh, you know, Richie, Tina, and I came together to, to put this show together and this, this mission. So we each have different skills, right? So it, it really feeds on each other, and I, I hopefully that shows, you know, online, right? On the air. I wanted to ask in a sense, what are, what do you do alone and together when a, when there's a, when there's a, a rock in the road, right? To get steady again, right? You fall, you know, and we all go through this in life with a business, with a family, with a hat, whatever, like, it's all go. I have a dream. I'm going down the yellow brick road, and all of a sudden, there's a rock, and you fall, and there's a new path, and you have to recalibrate. and And you've obviously done this. So, what do you do internally to help you recalibrate? I I answer most questions like this, like in terms of solutions. It's like open lines of communication. Mm -hmm. Um, not to be evasive or broad, but I think usually it presents like a need for change presents itself and sometimes we'll ignore it. And, and then it shows itself again, a little bit louder or a right. little bit hairier. <laughs> and, That's what I think um, the body does. It whispers, then it screams, then it shouts. Ooh, and I love that. Oh, totally. And dis-ease, we get a little pain and then a little bit louder and then you finally can't, right? And it, the, so it's true. I, I'm seeing the pattern. Yeah, yeah. It's in everything. It's it's obviously it's a natural law, to hear from a doctor because I don't know that everybody thinks of it that way, but um, I do feel like that's kind of in everything. And so when it gets, I think it's, at least I'll speak to my style, Tam, maybe you agree with this and maybe yours is different, but I think when it's a whisper, it usually makes like a note in my phone. Like I was doing a report for our board. I hate accounting. It's part of my job. I have to oversee an accountant. I have to do financial reports, it's fine, but it goes in my phone as like, I need to find someone to do this piece. I really hate this. It's part of my job. So it doesn't get, a, you know, an email to my team or require a need for change right now, but it does require as a leader, me to note what isn't serving me because it feels like it's extinguishing my passion for this role. Okay. It goes, it's a whisper. And uh, when next we meet to talk about next steps, I'll bring it up unless it becomes louder. And then I'll bring it up and it, I'll set up a meeting, have a dedicated conversation. We'll deal with it however we can in the best way we can. Sometimes it can't be dealt with right now, but now it's 
it's a shared whisperer. And so we're like, if Tammy's over indexing on something, and it's not just us, we have a team. And so I hope that, I think that they feel the same way when something's not working for them and it can be dealt with. It can always be heard, can't always be dealt with, but at least if they're, you know, raising it up the flagpole that like they know we hear it together and it's been spoken and then we address it as it comes. Again, like really taking things as it comes and then kind of naming it as like, this is the level of priority given the other things we're doing and we've, you know, we have a shared commitment to, and then we take it on accordingly. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. also what's so unique about Camp Powerment is that we have created this regenerative cu- culture of connection and we have a community that holds us up and supports us through so much of the growth and development and even the hits that we've taken. We, while Chelsea and I are really managing the company, we do have a small team. We really are so blessed to have people who have grown so much from the experience of Camp Powerment that they come back again and again and again, and they hold us up and they support us. I mean, we have a, a, a plethora of volunteers who we call Camp Power Rangers who really work incredibly hard as volunteers because they get so much out of this on a personal level. And our community holds each other up and supports each other in a way that makes a, it validates what we do and keeps us going, even when the rocks do hit the road. And I, we pull from the past experience. And that's what resilience is about. You grow you know, from each thing you learn. But I, I want to share that when you can create a sense of belonging with people who know they matter and feel they matter and they're part of something bigger than than themselves, and especially now when we feel so isolated, it's it's a joy to be able to create co-create with people who believe so much in the power of what we're doing that they just want to be there to help support us. And so we are not alone in that. And that's a really important byproduct of what we created that we didn't even realize wasn't in the business plan. Let's put it that way. People hear that and it's like, wow, that's great. Good for you. But the whole point of it is like, we're not exceptional in that way. We just asked for help at the moments we needed it the most. We need reminders to do it more frequently. But if you're keeping company that you matter to and that really matters to you. And it has to be mutual for it to be community. If it's not mutual, it's not real community. And we firmly believe that. But then you're not alone in figuring out what's pressing right now. And then you don't have to figure out the plan by yourself. Someone always has skills you don't have. So I think that's something we, when we're, when we feel really isolated or we feel a lot of pressure to figure out the next solution, we're like, wait a minute. We're in really good company. If we could just maybe acknowledge, not even admit, like we don't know what we're doing, but own what we know how to do, open up to those who could potentially help. Hey, we're looking for some expertise in this. Do you have that? Usually, not always, but usually something comes through that gives us our next step, which gives us our next step, which usually gives us a solution. I think you address in care empowerment, you know, the, the three limiting beliefs that are most common for humans, I don't belong, I'm not worthy, and I'm not good enough. Those are the three fundamental limiting beliefs that every human on the planet has. And your fundamental goal is to help people belong, help people believe they matter, and to help people believe they're good enough, right? And so you are addressing this incredible need that everyone has. And so because you give that to them, 
they start realizing the limiting beliefs are indeed limiting beliefs. They're not truths. And then it opens me to be a village and to be, I am you and you are me. And so I'm going to help you because you're going to help me later. And, and what goes around comes around. And that is the community you're trying to build. And, and again, the whole point is that it has a ripple effect out into the bigger universe. And so that's ultimately the trust factor, I think, that Tammy felt to begin with. And I think what summer camp gave to all of us was a place to, well, I shouldn't say all of us. There are many people who probably had trauma in summer camp. I did not. I was a summer camper where I belonged. I felt part of a community and I mattered, right? And so I think that because your business is built on a foundation of what you as a human need, and then you're then providing it for what all these other humans needs, then when you need something, voila, you're going to trust and it's going to be reciprocated. I think so. I, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure of that. And I think also what what launched from this is that we had people in our community who went back to their workplaces and their bosses and their managers and their people saw them being more productive, more relaxed, more focused way, and said, uh, what just happened? And can you bring that to us? Right. And and we had a, a, our very first client was Nestle, which was a huge organization. And we were brought in. It? Sorry, fact check. Oh, sorry, Lululemon. Sorry about that. Sorry. <laughs> We've had quite a few. It, it has actually built though. It, it started so organically that it wasn't even on our radar. But when they came, these, these HR people came to us and said, can you do for our people? Can you help them matter and belong and feel connected in a way that we're not really doing that so well and, and, and get to our mission better? We jumped in and, and, tried it and said, we're not even sure. We started as a women's movement. We, our very first one was a, a co-ed experience and we didn't, we weren't even sure as it talk about blind faith. We said, let's try it and see. And it was a huge success. And one led to another, to another, to another. And we started to just take what we had created, which was making people feel like they matter and belong and be part of something bigger and better and learn from each other and share what they had to offer too and come together. And so that has launched and really catapulted our business into a whole line of business that we have never thought about in the beginning, but it is so effective, especially now since COVID, because people are not meeting at the water coolers and they're not having bagels and they're not doing happy hours and they're not connecting on a human level. And when you can bring them together, even on Zoom, believe it or not, we just did a Zoom with a, a big corporate client with almost 300 people globally last week and played games with them, connective games online. And it was fantastic because they don't get to be human with each other in a corporate environment. And this really brings everybody on the same playing field. <laughs> we used to say at camp, sweatpants are the great equalizer because at our camps, you don't get to say what you do for a living. But at these corporate camps, we obviously break that rule because everybody knows what everybody else does, but nobody knows the humanity side of what they're living through and going, you know, living with and going through in their lives. And when there's that connection, it blows the lid off. Your, your also, mission. Tina, I think you can relate to this from a medical perspective. It's like when you can address your patients as a whole human, then there's a really 
completely different conversation to be had about like mind, body, spiritual health, because it's all fitting into the same one vessel. And so I don't think this is that different from that. Like when the vessel is a company, when the vessel, whatever the thing is that holds all your parts together is like what we're addressing in what we do. Um, And so we believe that it's complementary to what you do and what our clients do and what everybody's out doing in their lives and in their work, in their work and in the things that they fill their time with, whether that's, you know, infused with passion or just the thing that they spend their time with is like, all things can be bolstered by connection and belonging. And there's not really any reason why it can't be at least a little more fun for right now. And because why not? I agree. And well, I always talk about, you know, health, Uh, you know, people come to me and I start taking their timeline. Were you born by C-section or vaginal? And tell me what (laughs) happened in your sibling rivalry growing up. And they're like, what does this have to do with my pap smear? I'm like, (laughs) oh, it has everything to do with everything because it's all connected. And I, you know, and this (laughs) is a dis-ease in the body with the microbiome is talking to you. And it's, it's my, you, the, the mind doesn't get cut off right here, you know, and go, oh, sorry, that's a thought. That's not, that's an emotion. We can't. And so, yeah, it's the parts all work together interrelatedly. All the pieces of the puzzle of the people who are making the company, ultimately the company's nothing without the people. Your body's nothing if your organs aren't working well and your organs aren't working well, if your microbiome's not working well, whatever. And the, you know, the thigh bones connected to the whatever. <laughs> so we don't do camp, sadly. It's, it's one of the things that we just don't do. And I'm absolutely good. I grew up watching American TV and I wish that we had it over there, but we don't. So even as an adult, obviously I hear that you initially you started off as a, as a woman's movement and you branched off into the corporate world. Is there going to be a crossover for guys like me who can come to someone like this and learn? It's a really great question. The true answer, going back to what what we were talking about before, is it's not currently in the plan. And that's just about as much as we can speak to. It's definitely not a no. Um, I think it's just applying the principles of productivity of like, what are we best at? What do we know that we can deliver on in a way that perpetuates our business forward to allow us to do what we want to do. And to be honest, that's kind of how we look at our offerings. Do we have enough offerings that we know will feed our funnel of community? For us, like the business strategy is community feeds everything. And like, that's our spiritual belief. That's our business strategy. That's all of it. And the more that we can deliver on community, the more our community will grow um, because they'll be able to live as samples of what we do. Um, If you go to a meeting and you see another person who you know from a meaningful experience and you get excited, that's our best marketing. The other people in the room asking how you know each other and you sharing how meaningful that experience was. So we definitely want to be able to offer that across genders. Like it's totally not a gendered experience, um, but there is an emotional safety required. So Um, We believe, and again, like iterative beta, maybe we'll learn something different at another time, but um, we believe there has to be an understanding of like curation. Like we are here because we share this and this could be a lot of different things. Um, But we, I think once the next 
thing becomes clear. So for companies, groups, and organization, that thing is usually an affiliation to a greater vision, mission, strategy, why you took the job in the first place, or why you decided to be part of this networking group or this affiliate group or whatever it is. Um, we work with like philanthropic, high-grossing real estate networking groups. That's a lot of things that those people have in common. And then we work with individual women who may not think that being a woman is the shared humanity that brings them together. And you know what? They'd be right. Because as soon as you start talking to each other, whatever got you through the door is one thing, but you might be sitting next to someone who lived down the street from you growing up or experienced something from you or lost a child and so did you, or is preparing for retirement and so are you, or has a really awesome kid who lives in Maine and so do you. And so I think it would be limiting to not include men, just go across genders, beyond genders from here. But ultimately, it makes the most sense for us to get to do the community we get to run and then sell this experience to companies, groups, and organizations because the strategy really works and it's really good to perpetuate what we do. So TBD. Maybe what Richie is pushing for is let's do a survey of the community <laughs> of how many partners, kids, male children or partners, you know, or work, work husbands would want to do this. Yeah. Here's the deal, um, Richie. You're in charge. If you can leave, right? we can uh, do it. I'll do I'll it. Put him in charge. No. <laughs> who will, you know, who will come if we build it, who will come? Yeah. And I also think, excuse me, 11 years ago, when we started this, the world was a different place. Men were in a different place. They weren't as open, uh, I believe. And I think that We've had so many partners of our campers come to us and say, like, what's in the water up there? When my partner came to me and said, I want to go away for an empowering weekend with my girlfriends. And can you watch the kids and deal with the house and do all the stuff that was necessary? Uh, we had one one husband say to us, like, you need more empowerment? Like, she needed more empowerment? Like, so we went, I, I let her go. She did what she needed to do. She had a great time. Came home. The dishes were piled up. The laundry was piled up. Everything was a mess. And she basically said to, to me, this is this came from, from one of the partners, uh, I'm, I so appreciate you. Thank you for not being a criminal. Thank you for not being an adulterer. Thank you for being a good dad. Uh, so the dishes are in the sink. I use, It usually kind of annoys me. It doesn't now. I really, really, really appreciate who you are because I sat in a group with people. I realized I was not alone, but I also realized how good I have it as opposed to what I'm missing. And that really sort of fed the whole idea of men coming to us and saying, when are you going to do this? And we have not gotten there yet, but that's not to say, as Chelsea said, that we're not going to. Somewhat of a side note, but I think it's a really good reminder, like to the point that the world is different and more conscious of more diverse experiences or aware that they should be. Um, there, there, are, there were no zero people in our community that used that was talk that we're talking about pronouns when we started in 2013. Zero people. Did we ask? No, it wasn't in our consciousness to ask about people's gender identities or experiences at home in that way. And so I think as we grow, we grow. And so I think we've really learned like this could not possibly be a gender thing because there are people who identified as women in 2013 who got so much and gave so much to our experience who aren't women anymore. Honestly, so I don't think it's possible for us to say that like this is for a certain person and not for another person. Like if you 
want to belong to something that matters and you're willing to give as well as get, like we should be able to widen our aperture for the future. If we get to a point and we're 20 years old and we get to do whatever we want, there will definitely be all kinds of different experiences beyond what exists today within Camp Empowerment's realm. I think that you're also reminding every human on the planet that what I like to say, right? Pleasure and play as well as belonging is as important, if not more important, than when we prioritize, which is work. We haven't even talked about playtime. And most of the programming that we do is wrapped around uh, the fun and games and the letting go and the silliness that as grownups, we don't often get to experience. Or even if we do, we're, we're insecure about it or we're self-conscious about it. But when you see other people jumping in and playing, you it, it makes you want to do it too. And it's a reminder that we all need to play because that's what recharges our nervous system. And on that note, Proactivators, we need to wrap up today's interview. We will have Tammy and Chelsea back together or solo in the future. But once again, we need to wrap for today. I'd like to thank them for their amazing insights and their amazing work that they're doing. I can attest to their phenomenal business. So please support them. Check out all their links, their web, their social media. Go to their camps. The details will be in the show notes. Remember that our podcast drops every Monday at 9 a.m. Subscribe, share with friends, and until next time, please always remember, time is our most valuable resource. Please get proactive, be productive, and ensure you have your very best life.